Welcome to Restoration Road Online. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Well, so thankful to be able to preach the Word of God to you again today. We're continuing our sermon series called Anchor, Assurance in the Promises of God. And we want more and more as a people, as a community, as a church, to learn to hope, trust, believe God's promises. There are so many challenges in life. There are great days and there are challenging days. But there are many, many days where we just have to hold on to the promises of God. And that's what faith is. Faith is hope, even if the evidence of things we see doesn't seem to be adding up to that. And as Christians, we need to be able to hold on to the promises and have that anchor even in the most trying times of the human soul. And one of the greatest promises that God gives us is the promise of a greater identity. The most important issue facing the church And the way we need to hopefully love and care and minister to the culture around us is the question of identity. Who am I? Who am I? And Jesus has a greater promise than culture today. He answers that question of identity, and he does it in one of my most, uh, my favorite passages in all of Scripture. That's Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. So if you want to turn there in your Bibles, you can. If not, you can just look up at the screen and as I read it. But Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. And the, these are the words of our Savior Jesus. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, And learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That's the word of God. Now, some of us might say, what does that have to do with identity? Identity has a lot to do with a burden of proof. Where we want to find our identity is where we prove that we are valuable, loved, and connected. And we will be drawn to identities, even false identities, that make us feel loved, valued, and connected. And as we'll unpack in this sermon, what Jesus is saying in a deeper manner is, come to me, all who are weary from proving yourselves that you are valuable, that you are connected, and that you are loved. All who are weary from proving that you should be loved, come to me and I will show you true love. I will show you and ease your burdens and your trials and your weariness from being in a world that is constantly saying, be this and then you'll matter. Get this and then you'll be worth it. And Jesus is giving a greater call. I'm gentle and lowly. Don't live in the anxious toil of the world. Find rest because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
One of my favorite pastors who recently passed away, Tim Keller, he used an analogy that has really been helpful to me. He uses a deck of cards, and he says, our primary identity is our ace of spades. The ace of spades, especially when you're playing war, it beats everything, right? I used to love war. You didn't have to think much. You just throw it out and act like you're doing good because of you. You're just throwing out cards, people. But the ace of spades was like it's the most valuable. We have lesser identities that flow out of our primary identity, but our ace of spades as Christians is we are a child of God. And I want you to hear that. Our primary identities for those who have put our faith in Jesus Christ is we are children of God. The other cards are lesser identities, but they don't have as much value, but they flow out of the primary identity. So you may be a husband or a wife. Maybe that's a king or a queen, we could say. You could be a son or a daughter or an electrician, a nurse, an engineer. Those are lesser identities, maybe a 10, a 9, maybe a 7. But they are not our primary identity. Everything flows out of our identity in Christ. And today what I want you to hear is Jesus is our burden of proof. Jesus is saying to us through his cross, through his resurrection, you are valuable, you are loved, and you are more connected than you can even fully understand because you are connected to God through me. And that is the heart of the gospel. The gospel is all about connection. You know how much we long for connection that's so um, closely connected to identity? This world is dying for human connection. Even more, we're dying for a connection to God that only comes through Jesus Christ, and they all flow beautifully together in concert. So I want to ask you today, what is your ace of spades? What do you find your greatest identity in? Is it that you are a child of God? Or is it a lesser identity that is rivaling your primary identity of being a son and or a daughter of God? So here's the journey we're going to take. Jesus promises to be our burden of proof. He promises a greater identity. Jesus promises to ease the burden of the helpless. And Jesus promises a greater identity than our culture does. I want to focus right now just on a definition of identity just a little bit more. It's an immovable understanding of who you are. That's what identity is. The challenge is our culture and even our sin nature clings to lesser identities that are movable. I'll give you a few um, kind of lighter examples. So if your identity is found in your appearance, someone told you you were beautiful or handsome and had a great physique, and you were, oh, I'm valuable, I'm trying to show off the pipes. You're like, I'm valuable. People recognize my value. Here's the challenge. That's only for a season. And if we try to stay in an immovable thing, you torture yourself every day. Is that a wrinkle? Because it's movable. You can't hold on to it. You can try, but it's fading. Like the scriptures say, beauty is fading. So 
That's okay. If you're great looking and are working out all the time, God bless you. But you will have a great season of life and the rest of your life you'll be tortured if that's your primary identity. Right? Or if someone else comes in the room that's prettier or more handsome or in better shape, what's going to happen to your day? Threatened. I don't want this person around. They're threatening my identity. I'm the primary beautiful person around here. Not them. Right? And that happens in so many ways. That can be with work. If our primary identity is our vocation, that's unstable. That's unstable. You can lose your job. The economy can suffer. Something can happen to you so you can't perform in your job anymore. What do you do with that as your primary identity? You will become unstable with your identity. When you say, I'm a worker, that's all I do. That, that's down maybe 10, 9, or 7 of diamonds maybe. But that's a very shakable identity. When other things become the primary, they throw off shalom. They throw off the order of our souls, the peace of our souls, the peace of our societies, the peace of our family. And that's why Jesus wonderfully says, seek first the kingdom in all you do. Let that be flowing out of the ace of spades because once you make another thing primary, it's going to throw off the peace because your identity both as an individual, as a family, as a community, as a church, as a society will be thrown off. And what Jesus is saying is get away from immovable identities that actually act like they're giving you something and they're tearing life away. And he's saying come to me and find rest for your souls. We all want to feel loved. We want to, all want to feel valued. We all want to feel connected. But in order to feel that, it all has to be connected to Jesus first because he is the one who is our burden of proof. You know, I was looking on Instagram Reels the other day. You can get on a run with those if you really want to. you got to watch your time on those. Those are addictive, if you would. But there was a guy who had all Jesus gear on in this Instagram reel, and someone's taking it. He had like air Jesus's on. I'm not kidding. It literally said, Jesus, perfectly new seeker, Jesus. Then his pants down the side, Jesus. His coat said, Jesus. His hat said, Jesus. And my original instinct was like, this guy's taking it too far. Then I thought to myself, I've been at the Red Sox this week. Have you ever looked around? Red Sox on the forehead. Someone got the name on the back. They got Jim Rice from 1985 on their back still walking around. Everything is Red Sox. That's an identity thing. Listen, root for your teams. Wear the Celtics jersey. I'm not knocking that. But why is that so normal in our society? And when someone comes in with the Jesus tee and the hat, it's like, Whoo! where's the balance in your life? Where's the balance? Oh, but you can get the tattoo of the Bruins on the top. And it was like, Boston. That's an identity thing because we're okay with identities that are lesser, but when it gets to an intimate identity where we say we're children of God saved by the Son of God, that's a little too intimate for us as Bostonians, a little too close. I like to keep my things distant, but Jesus is saying, come to me, get close. I'm going to redefine who you are. I'm going to rename you. I'm going to give you rest that you never experienced because my yoke is easy and my burden is light and you can be gentle and lowly even in a harsh culture like Boston. 
because I'm your burden of proof. That's a greater promise. The world will promise you if you're this, you will be find rest, but when you get there, you realize you're just more weary. But the river that flows through Christ will never end, amen? And it brings joy and peace because Jesus promises to ease the burdens of the helpless. You know, when you hear Jesus say, my yoke is easy and my burden of life, first you gotta think, how is your yoke easy? You're here to die for the sins of the world. What a mentality, huh? I know with us, I got three things to do in the day. I'm like, the day's packed. It's packed. I got to focus. Don't talk to me about 11. I got things to do. You like got to run an errand. You have to go to, you know how we roll, right? Listen, a lot going on. With Jesus, he's like, oh, just, just living sinless. Just overcoming the enemy. Just preparing to die for the sins of the world. But guess what? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why? Because he was so connected to the Father that he was able to overcome, dare I say, with ease, many things that he faced. Now, we know the cross. He felt the weight of that, but in a glorious way where he leaned on his Father and said, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus does not think that our burdens aren't light because he's, he's God. He knows that what we are going through is all relative, right? And our struggles are real. And he wants to get into them with us and carry those burdens. Jesus loves rescuing us. You know, God's glory is so caught up in the rescue of people that you can't separate the two. And I said this on Thursday night at prayer and worship night. Sometimes we think that God is like us and we don't want to bother God. Do you ever think of this? Like, I didn't want to ask them because I didn't want to be too much of a burden. And some of us are like that. Like, I'm glad they didn't ask. God's nothing like that. Jesus says, throw your burdens on me. What are they right now? What are your burdens right now that are moving your identity and keeping you weary and keeping you tired and messing with your sleep? What are they right now? Jesus loves to get in them and to carry them. He says, my yoke is easy. What is that? We don't usually see a lot of yokes. We don't drive by too many farms, at least in Wakefield. But a yoke is something like if you have two bulls, you put a yoke between them that keeps them together so they can carry the weight. And I remember reading a commentary years ago where a guy went to a farm and there was this big bull, like a mighty bull. He was no joke. And he had this yoke on him, but then there was a, a small bullock. You know what a bullock is? A small bull. You just learned something at church today. A bullock and a big bull. And he's watching, and the yoke kind of looked crooked. And this bull was carrying all this weight, harvesting the field. And this other bullock was kind of just rolling with him. And he said to himself, how is that small bull carrying everything? And the guy who was the farmer said, listen, look closely. Look at the way I made the yoke. I made the yoke so it puts no weight on the bullock. But the bull is carrying all the weight. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, yoke with me and I'll carry all the weight. You and me don't have the capacity to carry the sins and the weight of this world. Yet we think we do. He's saying, yoke up to me. I'll carry all the weight and you go with me to receive the reward. If you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders, that's a you problem. 
Because Jesus is saying, enough of that. All the weight's on me. Isn't that a glorious truth? When I feel the weight of the world, it's because my mind has thought I was greater than I am. But I can be gentle and lowly, and I can throw all my burdens on Christ. And like I read at the beginning, what does Jesus give to his people who find identity in him? He promises rest. He gives to his beloved sleep. And Jesus promises a greater identity than our culture. I want to focus on Massachusetts right now and Boston culture, even though I know it has global implications too. There's one thing Jesus did in his time to the Pharisees and the religious leaders. What did he say that these religious leaders were doing to the people who came to be taught by them? He said that they were heaping burdens on people. And what was the burden that they were heaping on people? They were teaching people that the only way to be right with God was to be good enough. That the only way God could be pleased with you, the only way you could be loved, connected, and valued was if you did so many good works, then God could possibly love you. You can only imagine how heavy that burden is on a human soul. The only, if I was up here preaching to say the only way God could love you is if you are perfectly sinless. The only way God could love you is if you don't get aggravated with people. The only way God could love you is if every thought you had was pure. The only way God could love you is if you give a certain amount of money. The only way God could love you is if you have perfect attendance in church. Is that like the worst news you ever heard? Everyone's like, man, I, I should have golfed today, even in the rain. That's a, Jim's like, yeah, I should have. Um, that kind of news will create burdens on your soul where you won't even enjoy God. And you'll never find your identity in him because you'll feel like he's against you. What does the gospel do? The gospel says absolute truth. Listen. You will have impure thoughts. Listen, you won't have perfect attendance at church. Listen, you will be aggravated with way too many people. Listen, you're not going to be generous enough. But while you were sinners, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures so we could be loved and be children of God. Do you feel burdens lifted when the truth is spoken? What does that make us for all who believe? children of God. Now, what is Boston culture doing right now, the influencers? I'll just call them Boston influencers. They're heaping a great burden on many, many people, including our youth. They're teaching that you're not giving an identity by God, but you have to create your own. Do you know how dangerous that is? It's like that person. This might seem lighter, but it's going to have a truth under it. You know when a person tries to give themselves a nickname? Do you know why that doesn't work? Because someone who's higher in the social hierarchy has to give you a nickname. You can't give yourself a nickname. You just look ridiculous. It's like when Conor McGregor said, I'm the Celtic Tiger. I was like, no, you're not. You're not the Celtic Tiger. You're notorious because you do ridiculous things all the time and got a good left hook, right? 
You can't name yourself because someone else with great authority has to give you your name. That's what identity is. Do you know that God has named us? We are his children. We cannot name ourselves. We are his children, bought with his blood, loved before the foundation of the world, known in our mother's womb, knitted together for his glory and his purpose and to be loved by him. You know, I watched a movie this week. When I say certain movies, please know I'm a great editor with movies. I fast forward during crude parts and inappropriate parts. Don't think, well, pastor's promoting that movie again. No, I edit. And me and my wife watched Identity Thief. Did anyone see that with Melissa McCarthy? I'm sorry. In her heyday, she cracks me up. (laughs) Melissa McCarthy, she, she gives me a good laugh. But basically, I'll give you the premise real quick. Melissa McCarthy just steals everyone else's identity. She doesn't have her own. She just will steal a license, live under that person's name for a season. Then when all the credit cards are run up, she'll go to another one. And finally, Jason, I think it's Jason Bateman, went to get her because he stole, she stole his identity and he's going to lose his job and he only had so much time. And finally, at the end of the movie, when she was going to come back and say it was all her fault so he can get the job back and he's starting to know her in a friendship and love her and see who she really is, he says, what is your name Really? And she says, you know, I don't even know. I don't even know what my name is. Because I was given up when I was young. I never knew my parents. And I went from foster home to foster home. They gave me different names. And then I learned to become all these people just to survive. And it really hit me in the core. Because I said, that's how Boston is being taught right now. We don't even know our name. Our spiritual fathers aren't even saying the truth that God has made us either male or female to give clarity to the next generations. Say you are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God whether he made you male or female. That was not a mistake. Where are the courageous who would love people enough to say God didn't make a mistake. I know you feel disconnected. I know you don't feel valued. I know you don't feel loved. But hear the cry of Jesus say, come to me and find rest because I've already given you a name. You don't have to make your own. Right now, the influencers in Boston are teaching this 46 different sexual identities alone. What does that do to our youth? They're heaping burdens on the most innocent. And what is the church called to do? To shout the promises of God that he has a greater identity. Amen? If you're struggling with identity today, know that God still loves you. And Jesus says, come to me if you're weary. I know you feel confused. They're teaching confusion. And it's all pride. Back when people understood pride was a sin. And the church is called to say, Come and find rest like we did in Jesus. We were weary, weren't we? We were weary saying, who am I? What is my purpose? And Christ pursued us and gave us a greater promise identity. He said, you're my child. You know, you're a child before you're anything else. 
before we were moms and dads, husbands and wives, great athletes or great workers or whatever we find in lesser identities, we were children first. And what the Heavenly Father is saying is you're my child first and everything else will flow from that identity. Jesus promises a greater identity and he gives it through his cross and resurrection. Come and find rest in Jesus. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, many of us need rest for our weary souls. Many of us thought of loved ones who are struggling with identity and falling promises that will end up, promises of identity that will end up in emptiness. Lord, would you have mercy on Boston and New England? Just like you called out the hypocrites that the Pharisees were who crucified you, will you call out the hypocrites of the Boston influencers? Help them to be seen as hypocrites, not helpers of deceivers, not true speakers. Let them be brought low and your name lifted high. Raise up those who are courageous and loving enough to proclaim your truth that many might be set free and become children of God. I thank you for the identity you've given us, Lord. Jesus, we know you suffered. We know you died. We know you bled. We know they mocked your identity, yet you loved us so much that you died so we could be secure in you. You rose again in victory, and we love you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Sunday's sermon at Restoration Road. We hope it blessed you and invite you to join us for next service at 10 a.m. on Sunday. God bless.